successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get out of Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me today on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast and at GrillNationShow.com. Excited to be with you here today on our final show of this month, looking into May. It's going to be exciting. We're going to talk about some really cool stuff here on the Grill Nation show. I'm going to bring in my co- uh, guest co-host and honor contributor here in just one second. I want to thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation show. They are title sponsors, our trusts, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies, and Ryan Rink. Contributors to the Grill Nation show include the KCADC, the Kansas City Area Development Council, Port KC and John Stevens and Brian Sarf from True Wealth and Company is also a guest host and honor contributor. I want to thank KCADC for an outstanding show uh, last week on KC Rising, and uh, you can check that out on our podcast page or on GrillNationShow.com. On today's show, we are joined each like we are each and every month uh, for the most part by Annie Presley, who is a uh, award-winning author, a publisher, a political fundraiser, and a uh, civic leader in Kansas City. Uh, she joins us uh, each month to talk about local, state, and federal uh, current topics and events. She is a uh, GOPer, and I am a moderate Democrat, so it's always fun to talk to Annie Presley. We're going to talk about a lot of upcoming issues in Kansas City, uh, in Missouri and Kansas, and on the federal level on today's show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Annie, thanks for joining the show today. You know I love being yeah, here. Yeah, we love having you because... I always get excited when uh, it's time for the show. It happens so fast every month. I'm almost surprised at the end of the month. It's a good change of pace. Um, it's fun to have you here. And uh, Annie, I know you've been busy. Before we get to all these amazing things happening in Kansas City, if uh, if you like some things, if you don't like some things, we're going to break them all down <laughs> here in a second. Uh, you wrote a book, another book, uh, readthis.gu. Is that your website? Guru. Guru. Readthis.guru. Dot guru. But you recently had an event. You have a new book uh, entitled Sam Gets Adopted that you wrote, and it was illustrated by John Keeling. Tell us about that, because you had a recent event at Barquet uh, in the River Market uh, recently. Right. So this is my first children's book, and it's actually considered a picture book. So it's for three- to eight-year-olds, beautifully illustrated by John Keeling, who's 29 years at Hallmark, as a pet portrait artist. And he has captured our Sam Quite beautifully. So you're Sam. Tell us about Sam. Sam was a dog that my husband and his three young kids adopted after Jay and I were married. Mm -hmm. And we went to a shelter, Wayside Waves, and found an older black mutt who was just adorable and knew a lot of tricks and was very well behaved. And we fell in love with him and took him home. And he helped our family become closer and stronger because we just really didn't know each other very well at that point in time. So Sam was just a great addition to our family, and we later learned about black dog syndrome 
and it is that older black mutts are the last ones to get adopted. Mm. So the story is about him being sad in the shelter. He had been surrendered by his previous family, and he watched as the AKC bred dogs were were adopted quickly, and the puppies are adopted quite quickly, and then the rest of them are just left behind. And so it's that story, and it's a very sweet story about Sam. A lot of great illustrations. Oh, they're just beautiful. You can practically just look at the pictures and, and see what's going on in the story. Very cool here. And you had an event at Barquet. Tell us about how that happened and, and what that was like. You did a reading there. Did a reading. The Rainy Day Books hosted the book launch at that groovy dog park down in <laughs> uh, Riverfront Park. Yeah. Very, very cool. It's a monitored dog park. So if you want to go down there and have lunch and have a beer, you can let your dog run loose and you can sit inside and watch them on TV. Um, <laughs> but it's a really groovy place, and that was to benefit Wayside Waves in honor of Sam, where we got him. Mm-hmm. And it was very fun. The sun came out on Saturday morning, which is, in, interestingly, the opening line of the book. And the website is samseries.com. Samseries.com. So this is the first. You've got a lot of, uh, I'm looking at the back cover, there's a beautiful picture of you and two dogs, Sam and the little colonel. The uh, little colonel. Colonel in yeah. 2009. And then. You're gonna have you've got a lot of upcoming books potentially. Well, kids' books are a lot easier to write than those big giant three hundred pagers that Christy and I do yeah. that are guided journals. But the the story of Sam is real. He's a real dog with a real family doing real activities. So this adoption process is the first one that you go through, but then the end of this book, one of the girls says, Dad, Dad, we've got to take him shopping. So the next book is Sam Go Shopping, where he'll choose a bed and Kids will like this because it teaches them about you know, adoption, rescue, right. and about uh, bringing Car- a dog into the family. Caring for a dog, right. So it was a very emotional uh, time for us, and this dog really helped us live better lives. You know, and I, uh, I'm i a late bloomer to the dog world. So I got a dog mm, about three years ago, a rescue mm-hmm. uh, from Casey Pet Project, which is uh, we've worked with in the past through part of my uh, job with Paris Communications. And I just, it changed my life. Right. You know, and I right. dated a girl for a long time who's who's a, a exceptional uh, dog person and really kind of changed my mindset. You know, I never had a dog growing up. And so it, it really does. It just brings a whole different aura to your life. And so it's exciting. Now now I get it. Sure. And it does change a person. It, it And for kids, you know, it, it builds a responsibility and, and whatnot at a young age. It's just a wonderful way to learn caring and giving and responsibility and yeah. all the attributes of growing up and being a great human. Mm-hmm. You have to possess those to take care of a dog, train a dog. Yeah, that was that was hard. I did train my dog at one light, uh, <laughs> and uh, it was interesting. And he's a Jack Russell mix, so oh, he's um, busy. He's busy, but now he's settled down at about three years old. But it, you know, today, you know, it's pouring outside, and you know, taking the dog out. I remember at one light how about how crazy it was when it was pouring downtown and there's cars everywhere. And, but even like that's, that's something that, you know, kids probably don't want to do. Adults sometimes don't want to do, but it's, they need that. They need the walk. They need the, the fun. And, and, and really honestly, it does build a, uh, a responsibility structure and they're so loving. They're so loving. Right. Um, we read to Sam, he would crawl in the bed with the girls and we'd read out loud to him. And of course we took him on walks all together as a family and, mm-hmm. He loved to chase a tennis ball. He could catch a carrot in midair. He knew a lot of tricks. He was a really, really great dog. And that, the point of the story is there are lots of great dogs to be adopted. Hundreds yes. in Kansas City. There's so There's, many of these different uh, adoption services and rescues. And, and 
we both would advocate for um, doing that as the best way to do it. And so these dogs get to get families too. Even the little colonel, Sam got cancer and we got him in a companion. And this was a little AKC bred mini schnauzer, but he had a heart murmur. And so he was worthless mm-hmm. to the breeders. So we actually rescued him too mm-hmm. because he just didn't have any market. Mm-hmm. But he lasted 11 years before his heart gave out, and we put him down just about a year ago. And then as Colonel was getting ill, we got yet another little black dog. So you have another dog now? Now we have Midnight, and um, <laughs> she's just turned 11. Oh, gosh. And, um, so you got a lot of stuff going on, Annie. And in this book, uh, samseries.com, the book is Sam Gets Adopted by Annie Presley. We'll post a photo of it on our Instagram and on Facebook um congrats on all this we're going to get to our hot topics here after the break but we're going to talk about a lot of different local state and federal issues and current topics going on in the region uh, after the show annie does joins me every week and offers a great opinion and and uh with her background and experience it's gonna be a lot of fun today but i wanted to highlight the book You're first kind. off because the book is awesome and and we'll uh, we'll tweet out about this as well Thanks. you're listening to the grill nation show on 980 a.m Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening again on 980 AM or for joining me on the awesome podcast page on iTunes. We appreciate that as well. Or if you're on the website at grillnationshow.com, you connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill. Or if you like the radio show, you can connect with at Grill Nation Show. Also available on all other forms of social media. Just search for my name and I'd love to connect with you. Talking to Annie Presley, who uh, joins me each month for a Hot Topics Current events, things you should know about show. Um, it's always at the end of the month. Annie is a uh, a publisher, an author, and obviously has been around politics and local government, national government, and state government for her entire uh, existence, pretty much. Right, Annie? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> You've worked on some very high-profile campaigns and a lot of big fundraising efforts. And so we're going to start today with local issues. The mayor's race is kind of... It's about 50 days out as when we tape this. So, you know, they changed the system a few years ago. Sly James last race was under the same system of an April primary and then a June general where the top two candidates go to the general election. The general election this year is in June, sometime in June. Right, I, I don't first know week the, of June. Is, I don't know the exact date, but we're about 50 to 45 to 50 days out. Um, what are your thoughts right now on what's going on? I mean, we have Quentin Lucas and Julie Justice. We both know them. Um, you obviously have, you've known Jolie for a while. I've known her from being in politics uh, early in my career, and then obviously know Quentin from working with city council and and just the lawyer legal community and whatnot. What are your thoughts today on the race as we kind of enter? You know, the forums will start, the debates will start, and we'll get into that in just a second. But what what are your thoughts as someone who's been following? I think it's a horse race. Okay, they're both seated council members. They know their way around the block, and um, they have come to this general election with pretty clear people who are supporting them. Mm -hmm. So it's a horse race at this point. Mm -hmm. It's interesting in the most recent polling numbers to see how high the undecided is. Yeah. Because my experience is that a lot of undecided doesn't ultimately vote. So they're fighting over just a small number of votes and trying to win over voters who supported others in the primary. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how many people actually go vote in June. Right. I mean, that's not a usual time to vote, and people will be on vacations or dealing with their families. And, you know, there was a high, I thought, a very lot of enthusiasm around the primary, you know, and there are so many candidates that people had their sides. And none of the other candidates, I don't believe, except actually none of them have endorsed either of the candidates yet. Right. So the major endorsement has been the current mayor, Sly James, endorsing Jolie pretty much from the get-go. Right. And really touting her as, as his go-to and mm-hmm. suggesting to move the, that... To continue to move the city forward in his eyes. He, yeah, he likes his own momentum, and he thinks that she's going to keep, keep it up. So And Quentin got some endorsements from some unions last week. Uh, the firefighters and the police endorsed him. And then right. Jolie got an endorsement from the uh, Building and Trades and... Uh, Forward KC, I believe, which is the Northland group. So, so they're kind of sharing endorsements from well, different sectors. Quinton has freedom. I mean, there's just, again, it's, you know, the, the recent polling shows that both like in the 30s percentage wise, um, if you can trust, poll, you can't really trust polling sometimes in a local race, true. let alone a uh, presidential race, as we found out in 2016. Um, but it's, to me, it's a, it's a horse race, like you said. It's, I think it's so. close, you know. Most often, more often than not, the winner of the primary wins the general. However, if Funkhauser finished second in 2007, <laughs> I guess it was back then, and uh, he beat Alvin Brooks. So there is a precedent for Quinton potentially to win. Um, and there's a very strong precedent from Jolie Justice to win. So, you know, as we move forward, there's going to be six debates. The campaigns agreed upon a certain number. And each of them, I think, is in a different council district. And each of them is sponsored by a media outlet. Uh, so they did a good job of actually, like, reigning in these forums. Because there was 30, I think, the first time around. So that, the you know, they can't always be in these forums. So they came together and did that. And so the first one, I believe, is May 11th. And they start on a cadence up until, like, June 8th, I think. So... You know, it'll be interesting. And there has been very little mudslinging at all. I mean, there's murmurs about stuff uh, that you hear about from time to time, but I don't predict it'll get too negative on personally, personalities maybe, but maybe more on the policy issues. They have to differentiate themselves somehow as two council people. Sure, they absolutely do need to do that, and, and they're going to have to pick their battles because, truthfully, they voted very similarly throughout their council careers. Interestingly, Jolie is... Very involved in the airport mm-hmm. solution, mm-hmm. and um, she Quint- did a good job with the airport process. He, in my he opinion, did, and I, I think that her endorsements are a reflection of those groups believing that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Quentin has a lot of momentum and energy with the younger folks. I think. Well, that social and, media is and very well done. Given the pension situation that Kansas City, Missouri faces right now, he also it's interesting that he's picked up the firefighters and the policemen. Because those pensions are part of that bigger con- conversation that needs to be started. Mm-hmm. So it'll it'll be very curious. I, the forums were so wanted by voters. They were kind of just begging for more debates. Mm-hmm. And um, it's nice that it, they've kind of culled them down and gotten a few set up. Which so that, all of them will be on Facebook Live, I believe, or televised. Probably. They should be, yeah. So that's good. That yeah. is good. And then, you know, one of the big questions they, they will be asked to address and they'll need to be able to answer clearly is whether or not they're going to keep the city manager. It's mm, not uncommon topic, right? for um, the mayor to indicate whether or not they would keep the current city mayor manager. And mm. Which Hill, in our form of government is 
very important in Kansas City, uh, the way the structure is set up. Yeah, technically, the city manager has way more power than the mayor or any council member. Mm-hmm. But they're um, not, they're not, at least the current city manager has been kind of in the background. He's been very. He could have been more uh, forthcoming with the media. He could have been more outgoing and outspoken, but he has chosen not to be like that. The mayor usually has the bully pulpit, as mm-hmm. we say, and um, is trying to wrangle the votes. But the city manager is very strong in this form of government. And Troy's done, in my opinion, a very, very admirable job. And mm-hmm. has definitely kept a low profile. Yeah, so I feel like he will stay on if Jolie is elected. If Quinn's elected, I'd give it a 70, 60 to 70% chance. I don't know how you come up with that. I just, just because I've seen rumors about new ah. people coming in and Quinn has kind of quashed those a little bit mm. on his social media. But I think that, and, you know, they butted heads a little bit on funding and how much discretion Troy has for doing studies or hiring consultants sure. or. You know, um, and they just Quentin always wanted to be, have more of a, a, a clue into what was going on. That was his shtick as a city council person is is knowing what's going to happen. And, and, and there's always that debate between sometimes you have to get stuff done and build a consensus before it's in the media. Right. And they politics. did rain that amount down slightly. They did. The, he the, did, the yeah. city city manager can actually spend without city council approval Mm -hmm. they reined that number in so you're right about that i just like progress annie and it's uh i agree with checks and balances but i feel like in kansas city there's so many maybe i'm wrong but there's compared to other cities it takes so long for things to get accomplished which sometimes is good but also sometimes really hinders our progress i couldn't agree more (laughs) annie presley is with us and uh, we're talking about local issues Let's talk about another one, Annie, um, the streetcar. Uh, the funding from the feds, which was potentially going to come in this year, did not come in. Um, so the streetcar is trying to address that now and how they're going to maybe supplement that income. If they do it again with the feds, they have to reapply, and potentially that could come next year, which basically puts the streetcar another year behind, going to UMKC. So the streetcar now has expansion plans going north and south. Mm-hmm. North is moving forward from the tax structure they set up in the downtown area. And it will go on from the third and grand area where it stops now all the way into riverfront Berkeley riverfront park. Mm -hmm. So that's a small expansion, but an important one to move people into green space. Mm -hmm. And it's going to continue to grow down there. Right. There are apartments going up and there's some office buildings and different activities down there, but it is beautiful. And certainly the river is, underutilized yes so it's a wonderful idea then the second expansion to the south is planned up main street to umkc and that is the tiger fund the tiger grant that we did not get from the federal government so Mm -hmm. so for the additional money they needed it's a little bit stymied at this point so the the, that'll actually go where the bus lane is now i've I've looked at the studies each way so it'll it'll go in that lane instead of going taking the middle of the street well, no, it's uh, well, it's on the sides actually. I think I probably the, like it is downtown. Although the, there are lots of different ways to do it, mm-hmm. um, I, I it'll think, be tricky no matter what. I think that we do need to get this. I know you have your own opinion, but as far as um, getting events here, I know this. You consider this a party bus, Annie? That's I what have you been known it? to say that it is a party <laughs> bus. But as far as tourism and as far as getting events like the World Cup here, as far as getting those types of things, it is helpful. And I know a lot of millennials who actually use it and say, I want to take this from the plaza to the crossroads. Well, it'll take a really long time. <laughs> and, and I, the but reason it's, why but it's I good call- if you can't just you, you got it. I think 
if it ends up being from the river market or excuse me, the riverfront to the plaza in UMKC, I think it needs to get at least there. I'm fine with that. If that's the, if that's all they end up doing, that's good. That, that maybe helps out with what you're saying and getting families and people and people involved in tourism, but it doesn't, it doesn't need to be the end all solution is my point. Well, it's not really transit. It's, it's more of a tourist attraction and some locals use it is basically what it boils down to. So if you're down at the farmer's market mm-hmm. on the weekends, it's full of families. And they're all going. Union Station, there's a lot of families too. It's a destination. Yeah, yeah, you park at Union Station, you hop on, and it takes 25 minutes to get down to City Market. <laughs> Have but you timed this? Sure. <laughs> and, and, but it, that's why I call the party bus. I don't mean people are drinking beer hanging out the windows. I mean, it's, it's a family. It can be a family activity. It's, it's good for tourism, and it's good for people getting around downtown. It's not That's transit. my point. If it goes to the plaza, it'd be good for Westport. It would be good for all of those. It, it would connect the city more, and I think we have to at least get it there. Annie Presley is with me today. Guest Coast Honor, contributor to the Grill Nation show. We're going to be right back. We're going to talk about a lot of state issues going on that are hot right now in Missouri and Kansas. You're listening to Grill Nation. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation show. Thanks for joining us today, 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast or on our website, which you can visit where you can listen to all of our old shows and check out our guests at grillnationshow.com. I have a photo page as well. And then after each show, I post a video of our guests on my Instagram page. Check it out at Jason Grill. Joined today by Annie Presley. She is awesome. Kansas Cityan, <laughs> Mizzou grad, just cool entrepreneur. Not an entrepreneur. Actually, you are an entrepreneur. Oh, yes. She's been an entrepreneur her whole life, but also a very, very entrenched political guru and author as well. Annie's websites uh, we're featuring on today's show are samseries.com, her new book, and she's also at readthis.guru. I'm a guru. She's a guru. Right. Andy, we talked about local issues. Let's go into state issues. Um, recently, the CEO of Hyperloop came into Kansas City and did a um, a press conference for the KC Tech Council. I had the opportunity to MC an event at South by Southwest through KCADC and uh, other local uh, groups here in Kansas City. We had an outpost at Austin for South by Southwest, and we heard from people from Hyperloop that did a panel on this. Um, pretty exciting stuff. Missouri, actually, for once, is... Um, not 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 the politicians, but a lot of businesses, along with some people in the public sector, are trying to advance the Hyperloop concept from St. Louis with a stop in Columbia to Kansas City. Um, it makes sense here because we're desperate. <laughs> I-70 does not make sense right now, but no. Uh, so he was here talking about why Missouri over these other places like L.A. to San Francisco or Denver to wherever or whatever to wherever. There's, we're number one right now, which is exciting because we usually are not number one in things. Well, it's it, the guy is interesting. Elon Musk, who owns Tesla, yeah, and he came up with this idea originally, right? And now Virgin is the the head person or the Virgin Hyperloop. So, oh, so Virgin took it over from yeah, Virgin. Over there, Vir, Virgin is, is Virgin is doing something with Missouri. That's how I understand it. It's their business. So the CEO, one of the people, was involved here in Kansas City. But the point is, we have a transportation issue on I seventy, right? Right. You've driven it millions of times. I went to college in St. Louis. Was in Jeff City. 
was in Columbia. I mean, I've been on that road so many times. It right. is in need of It's pretty updating. scary. Yeah, we don't have any tolls. We have no the roads. You see accidents all the time. There's two lanes each way. You go to other states, it's nothing like this. Well, but we've given our voters ample opportunity to vote in a higher gas tax. We have the second lowest in the country. Which everybody would pay in the state of Missouri when they bought a tank of gas. And we could use to expand and improve I-70. Mm-hmm. And routinely, these opportunities are Because they down. always have a poison pill. Last year, they had one, and it had something about the highway patrol. They had a red herring, and people are, want the funding to go to roads. Um, but anyway, so Hyperloop comes here, and they like the fact that they can build this thing right on I-70. There's no it's pretty flat surfaces. The only So the cost is cheaper, and the only uh, uh, extended cost would be if they ever took it to like the airport. But right now, it goes from St. Louis Airport and the plans to a hospital area in Columbia that they're going to develop to sports complex. What do you mean it goes right down I-70? It's going to be right it's it's right in the middle. I mean it, it's it's a it's a as far as excavating and building, it's it's way easier to do than some of these other locations. So it's an ele- it's on an elevated structure. Yes. So the structure would go down the middle of the highway. Yes. And then the tube itself, it's a high-speed tube mm-hmm. train is mm-hmm. basically what it is. 30 minutes to St. Louis from Kansas City. That's so fast. But again, it's going to be used too for shipping. It changes the whole economics of the state because you can use it for co- private industries can use it to sh- ship things. Essentially, you've you've made Missouri one city. Um, so, anyways, it's seven to ten billion dollars. <laughs> we got to come up with the funding, but it seems as if the folks that are involved are actually moving this forward, and it's a possibility within the next ten years, seven to ten years, it could be finished. Well, it's very exciting. I I find it. We're first. We're first to market as something. At least we're, you mentioned the streetcar. Like, hey. We're doing something potentially in Missouri that's going to put us on an na- international scale as right, a solution. There's clearly a need for it because the road is so overworked and so fraught with danger. There are lots and lots of trucks and mm-hmm. just so much activity. I, I don't know. That's an awful lot of money, Jason. It is. Seven to ten billion? Like with a well, it costs about four to five, I think, to fix I-70 completely and add um, road or another lane to each side. Um, there's sure. a lot of easy you can do that it's just the funding mechanism well i really like the idea of it going down the middle of it because then you don't have to take farmers land in that's going to be an issue because that's already been brought up in the legislature eminent domain in, yeah that's kind of scary somebody always gets unhappy oh it, yeah and it puts a that's going to be the wrench that and the funding is going to be the two wrenches in this in this this problem or this addressing this issue and i want to move on uh there's so many issues uh the border war bill passed in the House in Missouri. That is the bill basically to stop uh, economic uh, development incentives from companies from leaving from Kansas to Missouri. Missouri seems to be actually doing stuff about this. Kansas is not yet. It would take both of them to kind of have a truce for it to happen. What are your thoughts about that? There's one guy, Bill Hall, down at Hallmark, who actually has worked on this forever. And he so wants this to stop because what what his studies have determined is that it simply shows that even when these moves are made by these companies to go across the border and they get all these incentives, that it's basically meaningless for the community and it's a waste of taxpayers' money. So we really need to just stop it. Hopefully Governor Kelly and uh, Governor Parson can come to an agreement on that. They are both so practical and pragmatic in their approach to government. It's 
quite possible that it could happen. I think it's overdue. Annie Presley is with me on the Grill Nation show today. I love having her on. Annie, let's talk about film tax credits in Missouri. When I was a state legislator, and we'll get into your background in this, they filmed up in the air with George Clooney. I got to hang out with George Clooney for four hours. I, I was in a scene in the movie. I saw how movies were made. I uh, thought Anna Kendrick at the time was an extra like me. She's now a, a A-list celebrity. Um, <laughs> and we had Up in the Air and we had Winner's Bone, both Academy Award winning and nominated films. Winner's Bone launched Jennifer Lawrence's career, both were filmed in Missouri. I've sponsored a bill to increase our Missouri film tax credit from $4.5 million to ten. We got some traction at the time because of all this stuff happening around these two movies. All of the economic development, everyone understood the issue, but at the end of the day, the Tea Party killed the bill, the legislators from the Tea Party uh, movement. Um, after that, we lost all of our tax credits. We were the first state ever to have a film tax credit. Missouri was. Now other states have latched on, and they're just – every movie is basically – or film is TV shows filmed in Georgia, New Mexico. You know, most are filmed outside of California now, which is amazing to me. You Canada. Have, yeah, Canada. Um, there has been a bill passed, I believe, or it's getting close to being passed in Missouri House to actually take us back to where we were in 2008, 2009 for all those years. And uh, you have a background in this as well. So you didn't know this until I told you, but <laughs> I was actually the president of the Missouri of the Kansas City Film Commission mm-hmm. and was in Jeff City a bunch with Terry Rogers. From Take Two, we went there a ton to get those tax credits passed that Up in the Air spent every dime we got passed in that one film in St. Louis. So there were a lot of people around the state very disappointed that they didn't get an opportunity to to use tax credits for the projects that they were doing. I've been an advocate of, at the time, when all these other states were untapping theirs, unlimiting theirs, I was like, $10 million, that's a no-brainer. And I think a lot of people believe that, but the problem is... No offense against a lot of people out there. Everyone's entitled to their own view. A lot of conservatives were like, I'm not giving any money to Steven Spielberg. That's not the point. The point is there's a lot of local people who work in this industry, as you know. I think 50% of the people on up in the air were from Missouri or from Illinois or right around this area. It's not just all California people. There is an industry here. There's commercials filmed here. There's reality shows filmed here. There's you name it filmed here. We just had Queer Eye here. So there are people that work in this industry that are located here. Unfortunately, they have to leave Missouri all the time to go work in Georgia or L.A. or Canada or whatever. Um, but there's an actual industry you could build. Around Absolutely. This. So the t- tax credits themselves are actually used if hotels are rented overnight, caterers are paid to feed the crew, mm-hmm. builders build sets. It's actual activity that occurs in the city of Kansas City, in this case, or in the state of Missouri. And that's the only time the tax credits actually are levied. But what it does in turn is it causes expansion of the experts in the film industry to build sound stages, buy cooler equipment, Mm -hmm. so that we can be better to the trade. And that's what Terry and I were after is kind of helping build the trade aspect of it mm-hmm. and um brings economic development and just talking about the food on set i mean i saw so many caterers just local caterers just doing all these movies it was nuts tons of paperwork on these kinds oh of God. tax credits it's really ridiculous tons of paperwork for an extra <laughs> tons but the, yeah. the point is is that it it builds the infrastructure that you need to get a really big movie and we saw brad pitt do a civil war movie in mm-hmm. you know wyoming we've lost 10 or, big movies since they got rid of this credit They've gone through this and showed this. 
And that Missouri is, you could film anywhere. Gone Girl was the last major motion picture filmed in Missouri, in Cape Girardeau, in 2013. So we've lost a lot of, we lost the show Missouri. Ozark. I mean, it went to Georgia. Right. You know, so it's, Georgia it's a, has a huge tax yeah. credit program. So it's just a Half question of whether or not we want to be Georgia. in the business. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, Georgia's very, in New York also. Uh, Annie, I want to talk to you about CBD. I know nothing oh, about this. We have okay. a minute left in this segment. What What is going on? I know this opened up a CBD place on the plaza now. This is extremely mainstream. Well, CBD has uh, is the non-hallucinogenic component of hemp. Okay. So it doesn't have THC in it, which is marijuana, mm-hmm. basically. So CBD is a, cannabin- it's a cannabinoid, mm-hmm. and it's used extensively for patients who have um, epilepsy, seizures, any kind of um, nervous systems sort of problems and it's very very popular as a liquid as a salve i use some on my feet after foot surgery to help with inflammation so you're a supporter of cbd you think cbd it works? yeah I, I really like it that's the reason why it's becoming more mainstream annie presley endorses it <laughs> <laughs> annie when we get back from the break we're going to some federal issues joe biden pete Buttigieg, trump's poll numbers we're going to talk about two kansas city legends who recently have left us a um, lot of more issues to discuss. We could talk all day. There's so many things on my list here. Just going to try to knock through a few of these. You're listening to The Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill and Andy Preston. I wanna hear you calling my name and I hate my segment of the Grill Nation show today, 980 a.m. And on iTunes, we have podcast or at our website, grillnationshow.com. Again, joined by Annie Presley. We're talking about federal issues now on this segment, uh, and then we're going to talk about a couple of their local issues we might have missed. Uh, Joe Biden got in the race this uh, last week. Annie, what are your initial thoughts about Joe Biden entering the race? He's a front runner, uh, as far as we know, as far as polling goes. I've never met Joe Biden, but so many people have told me he's just the nicest, coolest guy. He's very fun. He's happy. He's calm. He's um, capable. So my inclination is that he's just kind of the grandpa of all the people who are running. And just a kind of a soothing factor to shiny new objects and others who are just out there kind of waving their arms around. Um, Yes, and he is the older candidate in the room. That's for sure. (laughs) And the the most seasoned. He's he's been around the block a few times and, and just kind of a practical guy mm-hmm. it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with uh joe biden and if he continues to gain traction or if this is the top level of his polling he'll ever get it'll be fun to watch the debate start in june for the democratic party pete Buttigieg is the mayor of south uh bend indiana great city go Notre Dame. pete and i met over a year ago at south by southwest i was down there with my work with coffin foundation at the civic io conference where mayors get together and they learn about what entrepreneurs are doing. And there's a lot of strong mayors there at that event. Sly James was there as well. And I met him briefly and, uh, you know, he's quieter. I didn't really, you know, when you met uh, Obama, I met Obama before he was a, um, kind of in the lead, I guess you would say he was down 30 points to Hillary at the time. I met John Edwards before his scandals when he was kind of an up and comer. There's a certain like aura you get. And with Pete, I kind of mayor Pete, I didn't feel that at first, but now I've been watching his town halls. I mean, it's just, he's just a rocket ship. He explains issues extremely well. He's smart. He's also young, 37, but he is now kind of rising up the polls. So, And as a person who enjoys mayors and thinks that mayors always saw a mayor would get in this race and have success, I'm, I'm glad to see him having success. And I think he is a 
at the current time is a real threat to a lot of other candidates in the race because no of how doubt. smart he is. Well, he's thrown Beto O'Rourke off the shiny new object throne. <laughs> yes. Beto is overthrown now, and uh, Mayor Pete has taken on that mantle. But he he speaks, what, seven languages? Yes. Seven, and, and so he's able to converse with people all over the country. When I was uh, working on George W.'s campaign, he would always stop in the kitchen and talk to all the Spanish-speaking workers and um, had more fun practicing his Spanish and meeting all those people. Forgot so, George spoke Spanish. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and he just loved it. He he, it just was such a thrill for him. And I I got an idea that this is a an important component of this guy as well because he's an intellectual and he likes to get around and and meet people. Mm-hmm. So he's answering questions different than typical politicians. And when he's asked a question in these town halls, his answers are way more thought out. They're not sound bites. They're really in depth. And so I think he's going to do well in on forums and debates. And I think people again. Um, you have to decide. Do you want to contrast with Trump if you're a Democrat, a younger, vibrant candidate? Because there's a lot of good ones in the race. Or do you want a the person potentially that could beat Donald Trump in a Joe Biden who has a ton of name recognition and obviously is also a fighter? Um, it's going to be interesting to follow. We're going to definitely follow it. Speaking of which, Donald Trump's poll numbers are the lowest of any president at this time in his, his presidential uh, uh, holding office as president, which is kind of at 38%, I think, or the Gallup ABC poll. It's interesting to look at those numbers um, to see where other presidents were at this time. Well, he didn't care. <laughs> Why is that? Amy? It, do, it just doesn't matter to him. Well, he didn't run as a political person. He ran as a, a capitalist, as a guy who wanted to change change things. And and he never said it. Even, he'd even go by the rules, and he hasn't. So he's he doesn't care about the poll numbers, and he probably never will. Yeah, but at some well, yeah, you're right. And with the electoral college, he can. He can he can focus on his states. He's I'm reading this now, and if you 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 look at the approval, it's gotten up to 46 percent, I think, in the Gallup poll, which isn't that bad. But you're a former boss, George W. Bush, at this time in his presidency was at 71 uh, percent approval, and we saw how that fluctuated. So sure, but but Donald Trump doesn't care about the poll numbers. All he cares about is is draining the swamp <laughs> and and changing the way business gets done because he believes and his supporters believe that the swamp needs to be drained. Annie, um, talk to me about, um, I'm trying to think, the Mueller report. The Mueller what were report. your final thoughts about that as it now enters the congressional level? They're going to have hearings with, I believe, um, Bill Barr, or, uh, William Barr, the AG, and they're also going to have um, uh, Bob Mueller at some point probably testify. Well, we spent $17 million over two years to determine that the Trump campaign did not collude with criminally collude criminally collude with Putin to make sure that Hillary Clinton lost to Trump. This is what we've learned. But there was so, you did learn that there was interference, and that should be the most important thing to you so, as a Republican. Right? So now we know for a fact that Russia is capable of interfering with our voting. We know seven states that can't defend themselves against that interference. And now we have broadcast to the entire world that we are vulnerable and that others can also interfere with our voting. So my suggestion is rather than get all worked up about criminal activities, we should fix our voting system. So I'd that, love for the president to say that. I would, too. <laughs> I would, too. Because but Florida, I, has, there's now reports that there is a, a place in Florida that potentially could have been compromised with their actual voting machines in 2016. Well, and we've known that since the recount. Right. Hello. <laughs> so chats, hanging chats. So, so the point is, is that we spent an awful lot of money 
to find out what we've now broadcast to the world, and that is we have a vulnerable foot voting system. Mm-hmm. So, Hopefully that will get done. I don't want to see another compromised election potentially in 2020. But, but my inclination is that the Democrats, as a general rule, want to go find something in this report that they can pin on the president so that they can make him go away, which, you know, really is not good governance. Well, we saw is, that and we saw that with Hillary for years. This is where we are in the world right now. Yes. Um, OK, next up, we got a few minutes left. I just want to say I hope that the Missouri legislature gets their act together on uh, revenue generation from sports betting and gambling. There's a bill down there. Check it out. All these other states around us have passed this legislation to legalize that. And uh, states like New Jersey are bringing in millions of dollars in revenue since the Supreme Court changed the law on that. So check that out in Missouri legislature. I'd like to see more activity in Missouri in this last few weeks of session. It's been kind of a quiet session for Missouri legislature on economic development and ways to grow our, our pot here in Missouri to help ourselves. It's always a, a tough issue, but hopefully they continue to do what's best and fulfill tax credits and other things to grow uh, Missouri. Annie, as we end the show, I want you to talk about Henry Block and Morton Soslin, who recently passed away, two Kansas City uh, capitalist titans, entrepreneurs, leaders in our community. I know you knew them both well. Just great guys, both of Start them. Start with Henry Block. Henry H. and R. Block, Henry and Richard, they were World War II veterans, came home, started a business, and built it into what is now known as H&R Block. Capitalists from the word go and generous, kind, thoughtful men who helped Kansas City really be somebody at a time when we were struggling to get back on our feet. Morton Soslin, same kind of deal. He um, built in, He was born into a publishing family. And built a big, big business talking about milling and baking in our agricultural arm of the Midwest and, and made a formidable business as well. Both of these guys, along with Don Hall of Hallmark, made the Nelson Atkins Museum essentially what it is today. Under their stewardship over the last 25 years, the Nelson has become one of the top museums in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's all as a result of their leadership and their gifts to the Nelson and many, many other organizations in Kansas City. Both lived incredible lives. Annie, thank you for ending the show on that note. Important to remember the people who have paved the path here in Kansas City. Annie Presley, thank you for coming on the Grill Nation show. I had a lot of fun with you today. Check out Annie's book, Sam Gets Adopted. The website to read more about it is samseries.com. Look forward to seeing you again soon, Annie, and uh, hopefully playing golf with you. Thanks, Jensen. (laughs) Let's get out there. It's going to be fun. Thanks for listening to the Grill Nation show. We'll see you again next week. Take care, everybody.